Welcome to Dispatch Live. You've got uh, all two of us here today. Uh, I'm Declan Garvey, joined by CEO and co-founder Steve Hayes. We've got a, a special edition today. It's been a busy couple of weeks for the Dispatch. Uh, some new hires, new website, uh, gearing up for the midterms. Um, and we've got a lot to, to talk about, break it all down, but it's going to be kind of more free-flowing conversation this time. And uh, we look forward to answering your questions. We hope you came prepared with a lot of them. Um, Steve, you want to tee us up here a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we we, uh, we decided that we were going to do this as, as sort of an AMA for those of you who are true online people and ask, ask me anything or an AUA and ask us anything. Um, in part because I think people have a lot of questions. We, we migrated. Some people love the, the new site. Some people don't love the new site. Some people like aspects of it and don't like other aspects of it. But we thought we'd give you an opportunity to ask us questions uh, about that specifically and get explanations and, and maybe uh, even a, a, a bit of a roadmap. It's also the three-year anniversary of the dispatch. Uh, we've put up our first post on October 8th, 2019. So last it was three years, three years on Saturday. And it's been a fun and exhilarating and exhausting uh, and exciting ride. We're happy to take questions about that um, and what what we've done and what we're planning to do. And uh, if there's time, I think we'll, we'll we can get into some current events. Usually, what we like to do is front load this with current events and a substantive discussion of sort of what's happening in the world, what's happening in the country. Today, we have come totally unprepared. Declan was texting me. Declan, who's, I mean, I hope I'm not embarrassing if, if I say that you're a perfectionist and somebody who loves to be as prepared as you can possibly be. So embarrassed. Uh, sent me sent me a note and said, you know, what should I do to prepare? I said, literally nothing. We are We're counting on those of you who are joining us tonight to ask us questions about anything and everything we will um we're going to group sort of dispatch questions up to the front so if you have questions about anything everything related to the dispatch the website personnel where we're going anything uh ask us and, and get those questions in first and then if if there's time at the end we'll be happy to to jump into to um more current events and, and i will do that with the caveat that I have spent the better part of the last three weeks not really paying careful attention to current events, so I may just kick it to, to Declan, um, and I'll answer, I'll answer what I can. All the current events. Yeah. Of course you have, all of them. I mean, the, the TMD mastermind, so you can answer. You can answer all the questions. Anyway, that's that's it. Uh, totally informal, even more informal than than usual. Um, and we're happy to, to take your questions and... and uh, answer them as best we can. I've got, I've got one that I came up with to get things going. Uh, I told, I told you he was always prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to wait, we got to get the juices flowing, get people to, uh, to send them in and Ryan can send them on to us um, in, in our Slack here. But when we hit our three-year anniversary, you, we had a staff meeting and, and, and you told us that this has been the most three the three most rewarding years of your career uh and you know not to do too much ass kissing but you have had a pretty good uh impressive career you know dozens of hours with the vice president for a book traveling to war zones all these amazing things over the past two or three decades why has this been the best three years of your career um that is a good question um 
and it probably won't surprise you that I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about <laughs> about the answer. I, I would just say, and Jonah and I talked about this. I should also mention at the outset, um, Jonah and I every year have done a, a, a podcast for The Remnant that gets into some of these same issues. So if you're interested in this stuff and want more of it, uh, that will be posting tomorrow morning. We recorded that yesterday. Uh, if you're not interested, skip it. <laughs> um, we, you know, I, I, it's been so fun to build something. Um, yeah, I, I graduated from, from college and I worked for some think tanks in the nonprofit world and ran a journalism program at Georgetown university, went to grad school, at a couple different places and then came, came back and started at the weekly standard. I loved everything I did at the weekly standard. It was, I, people would ask me what my job was at the weekly standard. And I would say, it's my dream job. It's the job that you would have if you could create a job because I wrote about what I wanted when I wanted um, with the feedback I could get from some of the country's best journalists, uh, but without pressure of assignments. I mean, it really was a dream job and I loved it. Um, you know, there was some frustration certainly when the weekly standard ended and the way that it ended. Um, and I was pretty dispirited about journalism. Um, it's been a challenging seven years, I think, in American politics, particularly if you see the world the way that I do. Um, you know, frustrations at, at the Weekly Standard, frustrations with the Republican Party, with people who I had thought had been sort of allies, the conservative movement, um, certainly frustrations uh, at Fox News. And this has just been this highlight. It's been, been so great to, to build this. And, you know, when we, when we started it, we, we legitimately did not know if the thing was going to work. Uh, we felt pretty good about it. And when we, when we pitched uh, investors on the idea and laid out the marketing, market opening, a lot of people who are a lot smarter about business than, than we are said that they got it. They sort of clicked and we could see it click. And that was, that was encouraging. Um, but, you know, we thought there was a there was a chance that it wouldn't work and that there wouldn't really be much of an audience for it. And it turns out there's an audience that's just, you know, orders of magnitude bigger than we had thought this this early on, which is exciting. Everybody we pitched uh, as prospective investors in the dispatch when we started we said that we were going to grow slowly and deliberately. We did, we contrasted ourselves with, um, you know, digital native uh, media companies like Mike and Buzzfeed and Vox and vice that were, you know, overcapitalized and went on these massive spy hiring sprees and promised to change the internet. We had, you know, much more humble objectives. We just wanted to do really good work and develop the trust of people that, that, uh, that came to us for information. Um, and we said we wanted to grow slowly and methodically. I'd say our biggest challenge or one of our biggest challenges thus far has been managing that growth. We have grown reasonably slowly, but we're now in the process of trying to catch up. Um, and just, just in terms of, um, you know, the number of people that are coming to us and, and I think relying on us, we need to grow and, and we're in the process of, of growth right now. And that, that is, you know, a big part of the reason that we did what we did with the website. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, of I course, colleagues that. like you, Declan, that was the answer <laughs> you were looking for. But I mean yeah. that, I mean, there are these moments, Joan and I talked about this. There are these moments where we look around and, you know, this, it started out as a, as a, you know, we believe deeply in the mission started out as a bit of a lark 
And, you know, it was a little unnerving when there were like five employees, and you were one of them at the very beginning. And we're just like, oh, people are depending on us. Like what? People are quitting it's- their jobs to come to this one. And now, you you know, now we have 30 plus people, 30 ish people doing that. And that is a little that's weird. It was astounding. I mean, we I think we talked about on some of the podcasts, we had a staff retreat a couple of weeks ago, uh, just kind of level setting, checking in with where we are as a company, where we want to go and, and uh, you know, just spending time with each other. You know, some of us are remote or across the country. But thinking back to those early days where it was Andrew and I met at Union Station at a Chick-fil-A in the basement uh, to you know, plan out how we're going to cover Congress and the White House and everything as the two reporters at the dispatch. To, and that's like, what we asked around. you to do. I know it. Uh, and, and basically, <laughs> you'll either you'll either figure it out or you won't. And uh, both will both will be revealing. But yeah, just to look around and see. I mean, we had to have like between staff and their families, 60, 65 people around that have just kind of you know, become part of this thing as, as we're launching up. And, you know, obviously the tens and tens and tens and thousands of members that have, uh, that have come along with, with us for the ride. Um, so it's, it's been, uh, pretty humbling to, to look back at these three years. Um, And if I can tell a story, I've told this, I I think I've told this publicly before. I can't remember when, but the story of the birth of the morning dispatch is pretty good for people who are still after we told people that we were going to be talking about the dispatch at the beginning of this if you're still watching presumably you're you're interested in these things the story of the birth of the morning dispatch is pretty is pretty great i got an i got an email from a, a friend actually from a, a republican consultant david Cotchell, who's been on dispatch live with us twice before uh we think he's really one of the smartest republican consultants and most intellectually honest Republican consultants in the country sent us an email um, recommending this kid um, who had gone to Harvard. I did everything I could to not let that, you know, make me judge you (laughs) to the negative. Um, But he said he was from the Midwest. So I figured he was probably pretty good. Anyway, we have a we have a lot of back and forth. And I knew that we wanted to do a daily eventually wanted to do a daily substantive reported um, newsletter. And as I talked to Declan about it, I said, look, why don't you just come up with what you think it should look like and send, like, if you were given the, the keys here, what would you do? And I don't know, it was maybe a week or maybe not even a week later. Uh, you sent me three drafts from individual days that I think our, our readers today would say bear a striking resemblance to the morning <laughs> dispatch that they get in their inboxes every day. But it was basically your idea. You know, we had the big picture. We knew what we wanted to do broadly, but you came up with some of the specifics and the tone and the voice. Uh, and that was uh, that was a fortuitous start. I mean, needless to say, I got those and I think I didn't even try to. I, I probably if I know myself, I didn't even try to negotiate with you i'm like look we love this we think you need to come work here here's a job uh correct me if i'm wrong i may be i may be wrong but that's my recollection it it was uh yeah so i was i was working in my old job at the time and uh basically worked those 10 hour days 12 hour days what have you came home and then wrote (laughs) newsletters uh overnight and and then did that yeah two or three times and uh 
And so not unlike it, your current schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it prepared me well for uh, for the, this lifestyle, <laughs> the morning newsletter lifestyle. But uh, yeah, I, I remember being incredibly nervous, having no idea if I was on the mark at all or just completely. I'd never done journalism before, never done reporting before. Um, but uh, three years later, here we are. It uh, worked out. We're growing, and uh, and it, it's. It's cool to yeah think back on those bare bones days of yeah uh, you know we didn't know how to Andrew and I would like huddle at five p.m. at night be like all right what are we going to do for tomorrow and uh, just but while we were also doing standalone reporting we were also doing you know social media and customer service and all these it's nice to have people that are uh, responsible for all those different things and uh, you know spread it out is. the spread out the work a little bit. Um, but I did say if I came prepared with one question, then the rest would flow from there. So we've got like 30 <laughs> that wow. Ryan's already collapsed here for okay. us. Uh, I really like this one from Paul Beltman. So he said, one year from now, what would be a sign that the dispatch is succeeding at its mission? And what would be a sign that it's falling short? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I'll take a crack and then you can. You can answer it. Think of a, think of a, I'll give it the off the cuff answer. And then you give the right answer. Because you're giving, <laughs> I'm okay. vamping and giving you time to. And then we'll alternate. I'll vamp next time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would say a year from now, we would like to be breaking more news. Um, there are lots of things we'd like to do and lots of sort of institutional ambitions that, that I could mention. Um, but but we think we've got this really incredibly talented group of of primarily young reporters um, who have learned. Some of them have been reporters before and joined us. Some of them have learned how to to be reporters, but they have tremendous instincts. They do fantastic work that usually appears on the website. Sometimes you'll you'll read their contributions to the Morning Dispatch, although that doesn't happen as much anymore. Or they'll contribute to the the Sweep or Uphill. Um, but there's a lot of really good work that we do that we post on the website that we call our standalones. Um, and one of the reasons that we decided to leave Substack is we we're confident by leaving Substack that we'll be able to get more uh, exposure to, for, for those pieces. And one of the ways to, to generate more interest in, in what we're doing is to, to break some news. Um, there's a bit of tension that's kind of built into that um, ambition as articulated because we also talk about wanting to slow the news cycle down and not do hot takes and not rush out to be first and, and maybe make mistakes. But we think we've, after three years, we've found a pretty good balance. We found a way to do both. Um, so we're excited at the possibility of, of breaking more news. We'd really like to, to play a big role in reporting on the on the 2024 presidential campaign. Um, we have Charlotte Lawson, one of our reporters who's overseas right now, who's doing some, some terrific reporting from Istanbul. I like the idea of doing more overseas reporting, potentially with our own, our own reporters um, overseas. So sorry, that's a bit of a, of a jumbled answer, but um, we have a, we have a lot. Um, we have a lot in mind. I, I imagine somebody will bring up community. So I will just stick a pin in that and say, Community is also a very big part of that. It's a big, another big reason that we decided to to leave Substack and, and move to this our own tech stack. Uh, I'll save the details for a for another question that we get about that. 
if if we are not doing well in a year, what will that look like? Um, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that because I don't <laughs> like to think about the possibility that we um, don't manifest it. Yeah, that we wouldn't be doing well. Um, you know, I suppose if there are if 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 um, if we slide into to hot take land, um, you know, we have some people on on staff and we have some contributors who have sharp views and write um, sharp, strong opinion pieces. But one of the things I think makes us different, at least I like to think makes us different, is that these analyses are based in facts and reality way more than a lot of other uh, a lot of other folks these days. And, um, and we pride ourselves on that. So I think if we got to the point where we were, we, we became a platform for people to just sort of spout off, or if you saw us, um, if you saw us making a dash for revenue by playing up outrage, uh, that would be a bad sign. That'd be a sign that we've, we've lost our way. Declan, what are your, what are your answers? Well, I had all this time to think of it and <laughs> pretty similar to yours. Um, I, I, I think the news breaking thing is, is one of the main ones. I mean, I, going back to when we first launched every email that I had to send when I was doing reporting, I would be like, I'm a reporter at the dispatch comma, a new center, right? New uh, right. newsletter and podcast outlet from Steve Hayes and Jonah Goldberg. I don't have to do that anymore. People know we exist. Right. They know who we are, especially in the, in the world in which we're operating. Um, but I do, I, I kind of want to flip that on its head from, especially as we gear up into 2024, where, you know, we're still, we're still reaching out and we're still, um, you know, asking questions of, of leaders and would be leaders and, um, and trying to get the smartest people to, you know, write for us and be in our pages. But I want that kind of to be them to be pitching us a little bit too, that they know, okay, these people are a legitimate source of news for a lot of people that we care about a lot of center right audiences and, and center left and moderate. And, um, you know, so we want to get our message in front of them. And so it's campaigns come coming up to us being like, can we be on the dispatch podcast? Can we yeah. uh, do a Q and a interview in the morning dispatch before the debate this day or what have you? I think that that would be a really great sign for us that, you know, we're, we've arrived and, and, you know, we're a major player in this space. We're, you know, something that, um, political leaders and, and candidates need to contend with and, and deal with and have good relationships with. And, um, you know, I, I think we're starting to see the the early signs of that. There are definitely uh, a couple of, of go-tos that that we have really good relationships with. And it's not necessarily that we have to have good relationships with all these all these people, but that they need to care what we think um, yeah, and need to care those, what yeah. how how we're we're presenting them and, and their views and their arguments. And so um, that's something that I hope to, that we can really, uh, get ahead of going into 2024. Um, you know, not on the, on the unsuccessful, um, if we have not, I'll, I'll preempt a couple questions here. If we have not added, uh, comment functionality back into, <laughs> into what, uh, into what we have promised, uh, in a year that would be, are some a, people a unhappy with the that's, comments? You know, if they have, they haven't been saying anything. What? So, uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, we mentioned this in the morning newsletter today. 
the development team is hard at work restoring a lot of the features that got lost in the shuffle from the migration from Substack to uh, to our new website. So that's being the ability to edit a comment, delete a comment, um, to you know have have longer back and forths. Um, and then the big one, I think it, for most people is the ability to get a uh, opt in to email notifications for, uh, if somebody replies to your comment or likes one of your comments, uh, so that you can, you don't have to be monitoring or scrolling, what have you to get back in the conversation and, and have kind of those more in-depth conversations that, um, yep. that we've promised. Yep. So that, that is coming soon. Uh, some of it might, I don't want to overpromise. It might be ready for tomorrow. Um, but if not tomorrow very soon afterwards. Um, so that will that will preempt some of these here. Uh, Steve, the we've got a couple questions about events. John Daly asks, between pandemics and hurricanes, have you considered that a higher power does not want you to have dispatch in-person events? Yes, and, I have uh, considered that. And Eileen asks if they're if we've considered um doing something virtually to replace any of the canceled in-person events? Uh, yeah, both good questions. Yeah, I mean, we the the, the cancellation of, of Naples was was uh, really frustrating. Obviously, you know, of all of the people who are having difficult problems thrust upon them because of Hurricane Ian, we are sort of the, the, the most, uh, in the most fortunate position. There are a lot of people down there who are struggling with bigger things than canceling a conference at the Ritz-Carlton. Um, but it was still frustrating for us. We had we we um, because of the size of the group that we had anticipated uh, having, we had to split um, our activities between two properties down there. There's a beach resort and a and a um, golf resort, and the beach resort shut down through the beginning of the year, and it was just it just wasn't possible. So they they called us, they canceled on us. Um, which you know, I get it. I'm uh, I, again, I feel feel for them they the, the, what they're dealing with down there is uh, as i say a lot more significant than what we're do, dealing with we are committed to doing events we're going to do events i would say come hell or high water but that might not be an appropriate way to put it um we really want to we want to get together with people we did this uh, you know this event in nashville that was you know more or less a glorified happy hour um brian brown is a community manager did some some great work in in preparing for that, but it wasn't a ton of pre preparation. I mean, basically, uh, as detailed as it was, it was like, yeah, let's have some wings and beers for a couple hours and talk to people. And so that's what we did: mini program, but mostly socializing and saying hi and and talking to people. And it was I, I talked to you right after we got back, Declan, and said, "This is you know, we are really excited to do more of these because." It was great to meet everybody because it was great to meet everybody, but it was also, uh, you know, I, I think on the podcast I did with with Jonah that we're going to put out tomorrow, I described it as powerful. It really was a powerful um, experience in a way that I didn't, I hadn't anticipated. It was, it was, uh, you know, we get we get emails from from you all and and people who say thank you for for doing what you're doing or we appreciate your intellectual honesty or or. You know, we're we're so happy we have the dispatch, and believe me, we we read all those emails and and they mean a lot. Um, but there's something that's kind of next level about hearing it in person and being able to go back and forth with people and just some stories that you get about you know a a, a, a son and a father who you know are sort of able to have a relationship because they can. 
They don't agree on much in politics these days, but they both read uh, the stuff that we put out at the dispatch and they can have a conversation about that. And, um, you know, that was one conversation I had among two dozen that were like that. And I don't know, as I said, you know, at the beginning, when you start a thing that that, that you hope is going to go well, but you have high expectations or high ambitions, but um, but a lot of question marks just to hear that is incredibly uh, rewarding. So we want to do more events. Um, we have, have we talked about our, our, uh, the next we one publicly? But, but Ryan, Ryan just gave us the go ahead that we can, we can mention it. <laughs> so. Good. Well, why don't you, why don't you do it Declan since it's your, it's your <clears throat> hometown, one of, one of Milwaukee's uh, <laughs> nicest suburbs. We're going to be visiting one you of know, Milwaukee's I, nicest suburbs. <laughs> Uh, yes, we will be, we will be in Chicago. We're taking the, the, the show on the road, uh, in early November, there will be more details to come on that, but we're very excited. We're, uh, between, I, Ryan will, Ryan will correct me afterwards. I think we're between two different spots that we're looking to host, but it will be something very similar. It will be happy hour, uh, style and, uh, you know, just getting people together and, and, you know, one, one of the, thing and obviously i wasn't at nashville but uh you talked to me about this afterwards was that not only was it great for you and david and ryan to meet members but members meeting each other too and and finding you know people in their communities that you know look at the the world in similar ways that have similar value systems that um are are similarly distraught about kind of what what we're seeing happening in in washington and elsewhere and so uh that i think is a really rewarding aspect of of the in-person events too is like you know you're not alone in in your communities there's a lot of people like you um that uh that you know appreciate what we're what we're doing and and uh just have a great great outlook on life and it just seems like uh, a, a really fun time so it will be in chicago um more details to come on that. Do we give the date? And, uh, we know the but, date, right? We can give the date. Yeah, uh, no, November November third. So it's a it's Thursday, a Thursday, uh, right before the election. So should be fun. Um, the The Bears are not playing that night, so we are safe from you know that massive I mean, overlap. That even if gonna... the Bears were playing that night, we watched them on Thursday night last week, <laughs> we, and you know I think we have would a, rather uh, do just about anything other than watch the Bears play football. We we have a question from DPG. Uh, what was it like to lose to the Jets twenty seven to ten this weekend? Um, is that a relative of yours, <laughs> or is that you? Uh, those are my initials. Are you those DPG? Are yeah. I might be DPG. It was yeah. brutal. Um, I'm concerned about the Packers. Didn't you say we have a lot of questions? We probably should answer. We should probably should move on. <laughs> I know. Right now, yeah, so that's a good because uh, we're really good we're three and three, but we're at least we're not two and four, and we did beat you head to head. Yeah, got got a little help from the refs, but um, all right, let's see. Have we ever thought about bringing on a political cartoonist, or have we ever thought about bringing on a serious center left journalist or opinionator? I'm probably not just a pure opinionator. Yeah. I mean, but we've, we've, uh, yeah, we've had, um, active conversations about bringing on somebody on the center left. Um, there's some, some, you know, our, our sort of the, the way in the door is to be intellectually honest. And, uh, there are some very good intellectually honest center left 
folks that we have uh, had active conversations with and about. Um, I imagine that'd be, I, I would guess that'd be something that we would do within the next couple of years. Um, sort of not on the immediate roadmap, but, but definitely. Um, political cartoonists, you know, we, it's an interesting question. Um, I would say we haven't actively considered that or had those discussions. It's an interesting, you know, do political cartoons translate in the same way that they do on the printed page on the digital page. Um, I loved political cartoons at the weekly standard. Um, so we certainly had a, a sort of small gaggle of, of incredibly talented artists, uh, that we used. It's very expensive, um, uh, to, to have cartoonists typically. Um, maybe the, maybe the market has shifted because there are fewer places to, to, to put your stuff if you're a political cartoonist, but certainly the, the, art budget at the weekly standard was was a significant one and we are still we're growing we're growing faster than we anticipated but we're still trying to be in penny pinching mode so i would say i don't anticipate anything like that um in the in the near term future but if you know if, if there were a clamoring um <laughs> we would have a we would have a conversation about it if there was a clamoring, we'll just make Jonah do it. He can draw ish, right? I mean, more than I can. The, uh, <laughs> the um, let's see, what have been the best and worst surprises in terms of reality versus our projections and goals? So that's from Darren. Yeah, best surprise easily is just that there are so many, so many people want this kind of work that we're doing. Um, just way, way more than we thought. I think the and I, I've said this before as well. But I, th I think our projection for the end of 2020, we launched in October of 2019, was for, you know, something in the neighborhood of 4,000 paying members. And I don't remember what the what the free list uh, number was. But, you know, even at that point, we were sort of three times that and we've continued to grow. We're in we're in the middle of a moment where um, if you Google news engagement drop off, you'll find endless articles about how people are tuning out the news and how particularly people who, who are still trying to, to uh, execute the, the volume scale model, monetizing eyeballs uh, are, are struggling because internet traffic, unique visitors are off 50% or 60, 70, 80%. Um, and they're, they're seeing their audience shrink. We are not. Uh, we are growing. We're growing in terms of our paying members. We're growing in terms of free listers who sign up to get the, the free emails that we send. We're growing in, even in the areas that we don't, um, that are not really important metrics to us, like traffic and page views and things like that. We're growing considerably in those areas as well. Um, so it's, you know, that's just, it's unbelievably gratifying to like, people want the stuff we had, we had some very uh, public uh, doubters. And I think Jonah probably takes even more delight in, in, in proving them wrong than <laughs> I do, but he's not wrong. Like it is, it's, it's really rewarding. And I would say as a corollary to that, that the, what we've seen in the comments um, and I, some of you probably are, are regular frequent commenters and some of you probably have never left a comment either with us or in any other place. 
but it's pretty remarkable. Um, and, and, and when I would mention it to people sort of early on, our surprise that we had a relatively civilized comment section, that people went there and had real conversations, exchanged information, um, had, you know, mostly non-personal uh, discussions or arguments, and sometimes even changed each other's minds. <laughs> you know, people either A, didn't believe it, or, or B, said it couldn't last. And it's lasted. And yeah. we're, we're pretty proud of that. Uh, we think it's a, it's a unique community. Um, in the three years that we've been doing this, um, Declan, you may remember, we have asked three commenters not to comment anymore. Um, yeah. That's it. Like, and, and that was three, three like of them years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like very early in the beginning, you know, sometimes people get heated and sometimes people cross, you know, what we see as as lines. Occasionally, I'll send an email. And when I say occasionally once a year, twice a year, I'll send an email and say, hey, that seems to be too far. Can you do us a solid and not <laughs> don't be a jerk? <laughs> um, and, it, and it works. And that's that's been tremendously gratifying as well. What was the was there downside of that question? uh yeah or best and worst surprise worst worst i mean i'm not gonna go on and on about this um worst surprise is how much work it's been i mean we knew it was gonna be a ton of work that's it's a startup but i joke with my friends particularly you know my friends who are are my age or or people i went to college with um you know i'd say think think twice about doing a startup <laughs> at almost 50. <laughs> you don't necessarily have that with four kids the, yeah. the, the four hour nights the four hour nights i i used to be able to do it and i i'm not somebody who needs a lot of sleep so i could do it and i could function but um if i'm not making sense today it's because last night was one of those four hour nights <laughs> so um i know on a couple phone calls i've had today people have said where are you going where are you, go where are you going with that line of thought <laughs> so this was this was a little risky to do this tonight uh but gratifying at the same time so yes wouldn't wouldn't be working that hard if we didn't love it so uh correct true yes yeah, I think the for me one of the biggest surprises is I mean I I came from a job that was I was in consulting that was very much a you know you come work here you maybe you stay two years uh, maybe and and then you go on to find your your next thing it's just kind of a you know stop along the way in your career I think we've we've been here we've been a, a company for for three years now three years and change and uh we've had one employee leave for a, a great opportunity uh a couple of weeks ago but like everybody's yeah. here they're everybody's in it for the long haul you know we that's really a, particularly in washington dc when like people are basing their career moves based on uh what happens in the midterms and and who's when campaigns are launching and all these different things. Um, and in journalism, you know, where you're always looking for that slightly more prestigious title or, or what have you that, you know, we've really maintained, you know, built, collected, maintained a really group group of people that, uh, that yeah. want to stay here and want to be here. So that is, that is, uh, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised by that, but it, it is kind of a just knowing the city and how it how it works. That is kind of a surprise. 
I'm surprised by it. I mean, yeah. honestly, like the, 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 I said before that the caliber of, of people we have doing this, I mean, there are a lot of, um, how can I say this somewhat delicately, but also honestly, you know, there are a lot of people come to a place like this, that's based in Washington, um, or come to Washington for all the wrong reasons, um, or, um, well, let me just set that aside. We don't have any of those people. I'm, I'm not going to go down that road, but, but, but we don't have any of those people. And, and, you know, I think people can talk about the, the culture of a place. Um, and it's hard for, for people who aren't in the middle of it to, to appreciate it. And I'm certain that there are probably things in our culture, people who are frustrated from time to time that I'm just not aware of, but Overall, we have this incredibly collaborative culture. We don't have nobody's throwing sharp elbows because they want to cover X and somebody else gets to cover it. It's a it's a pretty unique and special place that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's circle back a little bit to something you said earlier about the the growth, the metrics, how how those have been improving as you know in, in a lot of the media sphere going the opposite direction um i mean I, I think the new website is a big part of that in, in how we're thinking about that kind of stuff how we're hoping to continue to grow could you talk a little bit about why we made the switch i know justin was on last week on dispatch live if, if, if people tuned in last tuesday to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of the change and and whatnot but yeah, uh, you know what was the the major driving factor, and and what do you hope that overall we can get out of you know owning our own website? Yeah, sure, I'm 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 happy to talk about that. And if there are, I'll just tell you, Declan, if there are questions in there that are angry or hostile, I'm not seeing the questions that you're seeing. You know, bring them on. I'm I'm happy to try to answer them, or at least say out loud that I can't answer them. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Joan and I have have sort of fallen over each other to 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 say um how much we appreciate our relationship with Substack which was the place that that we lived for the last 3 years it was this crazy unique relationship that that was as lucky as anything else where this the 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 founders of this great newsletter company reached out to us i mean we had talked to them we had, I had them over to my house downstairs here it was their three founders were the employees of that company our three founders were the employees of this company um i think not yet on payroll and we had this conversation about what they were doing in newsletters. We knew we wanted to, to lead with newsletters. And they, you know, in, in effect said to us, can, can, will you be our guinea pigs? We'd like to start working with media companies. We weren't ready to do it now, but we think there's such significant overlap in how you guys approach sort of the philosophy of your journalism that we'd love to, to work with you. Will you be our guinea pig? We said we would. We decided to forego any ads or sponsorships, which was something that we had talked about. We we had, we were planning to launch with um, the inclusion of what we called at the time tasteful sponsorships, which would not be ad tech and wouldn't be the kind of clicking and counting that that uh, I think can create bad incentives for bad journalism. But you know, it's it's a realistic way to generate revenue, and every company like ours needs revenue. They asked us to 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 forego that and to you know, look at investing our efforts in reader revenue, we decided to do that. And it was one of the best decisions that that we've made. Um, the, the, I think what they were doing changed over the three years. 
they were, as Jonah would put it, originally sort of just creating the architecture for other people to come and create on their platform. And then the bigger that they got and the more that people took notice of the, the tremendous changes that this company Substack was introducing to journalism and to the creator economy, the more they thought of themselves as a destination. Um, and, you know, we were that we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to be one of the, the places out in their destination. We had our own sort of goals and ambitions. And I'd say a couple things um, in particular led us to rethink this. Um, they are not big believers in what's what's called SEO, search engine optimization, which is one of the ways that companies like ours get people to see their stuff. And in a lot of ways, it's problematic and I think somewhat corrupting because if you're playing this monetizing scale game, um, you know, you can do cheap things to get eyeballs on your stuff, to get clicks, to be able to make a penny. Uh, we didn't want to do any of that, but we are interested in having our stuff be seen by a lot of people. As I said, I think we're doing really great stuff. I mean, there's some incredibly well-reported pieces that we published, you know, over the past couple of years that, you know, I would put up against any reported piece in the New York times. Um, and, and ours would, would get not nearly, you know, not a fraction of the small fraction of the, the, the reads that a New York times piece would get. So we, it's a goal of ours to have more people see our stuff. We're proud of the work that we're doing. We're proud of the, the reporters that we have. Um, we think we can do that. We're going to be in a better position to do that. Now we're, we've, we've created all these internal safeguards so that we don't create the incentives to do the kind, you know, you're not, it, it, again, if you read an, if you read a headline from us, that is playing on outrage to get people to come, you should email us right away because that's not the game we're in. We're not trying to do that, but we want more people to see our stuff. So that was one thing I would say. The second thing is this, is this community aspect. And I'll just address the comments stuff. Although I'm still willing to, to, to answer difficult questions for people who are unhappy. Um, you know, Sub, Substack creates comment threads and we weren't thrilled with them. We didn't love them. Uh, we, we had a hand in um, helping to shape how Substack's comment threads evolved. We gave them feedback. This was part of our arrangement with them was that what you saw unfold in, in part was driven by the comments and the feedback that we were providing them. Um, but we want our community to be more than comment threads. Um, again, we think that the comment threads that that ended up happening spontaneously were among the best that you, you can get, but we want there to be more. So we knew that we were going to build sort of a new uh, place for the dispatch communities to spend time. And the big question that we faced as we decided to take this next step was, do we do that now as part of this big migration? and frankly complicate the migration a lot or do we wait and make sure that we can do it the right way we decided to wait so what we did was try to create um something that would you know we wanted the the, the comments that you all are having now to be an improvement over what substack uh provided i will be the first to say i don't think that, i don't think we achieved that um in one week but but we always but we always thought of it as a stand-in. This was going to be a bridge to this next big new thing. And I don't, you know, our our one of our sort of philosophies is to under under promise and over deliver. So I don't want to go on in great detail about this glorious community that we're, we're gonna build, but we have we we've 
we're ambitious about the way we think about this. We think that this this place is pretty special, and um, we think if we if we build things that will allow us to engage more with uh, with the dispatch community and community members to engage more with one another, that that it'll be good. It'll be good for us. It'll be good for you. So we're in the process of doing that. We've been specking out. Um, a number of different options for a long time, um, including some really great ones. So uh, we, we've got, you know, Jonah and David, Jonah, getting Jonah enthusiastic about something like this is, you you know, we're on the right track if Jonah's excited about it. And Jonah's excited about some of the stuff that, that we're working on. So um, we're going to keep working. We're going to keep studying and, and, and hopefully we'll have something. I don't want to put a time frame on it, but it's a priority for us. Um, well, I want to build on Jonah being excited about something, uh, merge a couple questions here that that Ryan has sent along. Um, you know, Jonah's ex- been excited for a long time about the possibility of a blog like The Corner uh, here at the Dispatch. And then Seth asks um, about how hiring Nick, that's Alapundit, to for um, the the Twitter online among among the audience here. Uh how that fits into the dispatch's mission versus, you know, uh, kind of quick takes instead of slow, deep reporting, more frequency. I think we've seen with with his Boiling Frogs newsletter already, like consolidating some of those what might be eight or ten posts throughout the day on hot air into yeah. one longer dispatch newsletter has. I mean, it's been fantastic, but um, yeah. I'll, I'll punt both of those questions to you. I mean, he's just extraordinarily talented to talk about Nick first. You know, I had the, the opportunity to read the the newsletter that he filed for tomorrow, and it's I have the same reaction um, so often when I when I read his stuff, and it, it's it, I'm sort of struck by its profundity and frustrated that he's right. <laughs> um, and he's got a, a a big discussion of the Republican Party in this moment, and um, and who's sort of done well and who hasn't, and his breakdown is just brilliant. Um, and he comes to a bunch of conclusions that I have tried desperately not to come to. And he's just right about him. And he's just right about him. So I think what Nick does, and he and I talked about this a, a bunch before, before he joined us. I, I don't know that there's anybody more talented in what we might broadly describe as political journalism as taking sort of different strands of 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 developments of of news reporting of analyses and taking them and putting them all together in a way that is that provides this sort of coherent um easily comprehensible but but not oversimplified i mean it's so so much of what passes for journalism today is this attempt to impose order and structure on chaos and it doesn't work and i think when people do it and fail readers get it and and they see it so nick does the opposite nick can can provide this clarity uh among you know diff crazy fast moving 24 7 um news stories and and you you know you finish his pieces and i'm sure not everybody does but i do it almost (laughs) every time i read them and and think that's exactly right that's exactly right so that's how we see him um, integrating what we've done. And, you know, 
he had done a blog as Allah Pundit, um, very successful blog. I, I read it all the time, felt like I had to read it. Um, and, and what we talked about was adapting the blog to our newsletter style and adapting to a certain extent our newsletter style to the way that he does a blog. And um, I don't know about y'all, but I, I think it's really, really worked. I mean, I'm sort of ecstatic about it as I look back on it. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's one of these things you don't, it's, it's, you don't want to, you don't want to start the, the, you don't want to establish a precedent of, of praising every piece. You know, Declan, if I were to praise every morning dispatch and say like, oh, that was a great one. Then when I don't do it on the fifth day, you're like, <laughs> why didn't you, why didn't you send me? So Sometimes I've been spare. I've been spare in my, in my, my praise of Nick, but I was, I read this one uh, that, that you'll all get tomorrow. And I just thought this one has to get the email. This one has to get the email. Um, it, the, 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 the broader blog thing. I mean, this is something, if you're still watching at this point, you definitely are our people and, <laughs> and, and you probably understand the contours of this discussion from the beginning. This is, I think the single, I mean, really one of the only, differences of opinion that Jonah and I have. Um, so I would say one of the places where he's most obviously misguided and short-sighted, um, he's got the remnant, so he can come back at me. Um, and that's a question of a group blog. Should we have a group blog at, at the dispatch? I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Um, I think it would be bad for us. I think it would create all sorts of bad incentives. And I think the people who want to share their views um, on fast moving developments over the course of the day could do it in a newsletter, could, could crank out a three paragraph newsletter. And I imagine the people who are signed up for those newsletters would be happy to get that kind of a, a shorter take thing. The thing that concerns me about the blog is what concerns me about journalism today is you, you provide Insta reactions to developments that may or may not bear out. Um, you get a, you get a new story and then everybody reacts to it. And then a new piece of information or data is introduced to that story that changes the entire complexion of the story. And once people plant that flag and they take a stand, nobody, it's human nature. <clears throat> nobody wants to go back and say like, ah, well, I really blew that. I overreacted to that development. I never should have done that. People don't want to admit that they're wrong. So wait and right. let this information come to you. Or in our case, because we're a news organization, let's go ferret it out. Let's get this information, shape it, write it, put it in context and, and have the, the broader discussion there. I get, look, Jonah launched National Review Online and helped create the, the corner. And it was, I think it wasn't as good at the end, but for a while it was a great, place to just go and you just drop in and the smartest people in politics were having this ongoing discussion and you could go and and be a part of it or at least observe it um i guess that's that's my that's my position i will say we we ought to either give jonah equal time here <laughs> to make the counter the counter argument or i'm certain that he will maybe he'll do it as a ruminant yeah, we'll we'll have to see if he's watching tonight. If he even knows we talked about it. No, he he won't, <laughs> he was definitely not watching. He had a speech, yeah. uh, but he wouldn't be watching because he doesn't really care what I say. Um, but he would. Somebody will tell him about it for sure, or he'll probably get people tweeting 
tweeting at True. him about it. True. True. Yeah. I mean, the the stuff that you said about just waiting a day, like there's so much. I, I mean, we've seen it time and time and time and time again with the morning dispatch stuff that we're doing of like, we could, you know, we could kind of squeak out a story or, or what we call an item, the one of the main stories of the newsletter today. Uh, we have about 40% of the information that we probably would like to have. Um, you know, we don't know how everybody's going to react yet, but we can speculate. And the, the times that we do that, we just end up regretting it nine times out of 10 because right. there's like, and I know what I, what I appreciate about us and, and kind of the way we think about this stuff is there's no real reason for the most part that you need to know that something happened immediately. I mean, we've kind of convinced ourselves that it's better that way, uh, that, you know, as soon as something happens, we're the first to know, we can tell other people, we can break the news, what have you. And and there is, you know, a, a reason or there is a, a time for that. But like, does it really matter if you know, or that, that you have read a story about the Biden student debt plan the next day uh, or 10 minutes after he announced it? Like, right what what do you change anything in your day-to-day life with that information are you going to go you know um and so that's kind of the way that we've approached it if there's a lot of times where the white house or or a member of congress will leak to a particular outlet that they're going to do something later in the week uh give them like 10 percent visibility into the story and say like okay if you want to tease this sometimes it's so that they can internally get a reaction of you know, how are people going to respond to this? We can kind of right. game plan it out. Um, we typically ignore that until they make the announcement themselves because the initial report is going to include all the biases of that reporter and that outlet um, that they're going to kind of spin it either the way that the administration wants them to because that's why they're giving them the exclusive or things like that. If you just wait and you can yeah. you know, examine what actually gets announced and what the actual policy is, not a reporter with 10% visibility <coughs> in an hour so that they can get the scoop before someone else. So that's kind of how we approach a lot of this stuff. And there are reasons to break that policy sometimes, um, but it's rare. It's rare that we found that that actually adds a ton of value to the uh, the member experience. So, And the things I would say, just to, 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 to back that up, I mean, the things that, that we've seen that have sort of, you know, made an obvious impact with our members or um, you know in some cases get a big pass around rate are the things where we take the time to take a step back and we do a big explainer about things you know your georgia election explainer was just you know it was the best thing we, we heard from people who were involved in the debates <laughs> who said it was the best thing that that they'd read about it and some of these people were on opposite sides of the issue um, I, th- I think when we take the time to do that on the assumption that our, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're in the unique position of knowing that our members have signed, like they've come to us because we've committed to providing sort of light, not heat, understanding, not outrage. And it's okay for us to say, take a day, like, we'll figure this out. Like, let's, let's, Let's talk to as many people. Sometimes you have that first splash and then you can have context that changes an entire story. Right. And we don't want to be, we don't want to be on the front end of that. 
So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, we're running out of time. Uh, we've got a couple more. Should we do lightning round? Are there? Are there? I don't want to leave a bunch of people with questions unanswered. Let's see. All right. I know lightning you've round. consolidated some questions. Yes. Uh, this is from Michael. What about a subscriber event in New York City? Happening. Yes. Um, I, d I don't know when, but I, I would, if I had to guess, I would say before the new year happening. If you have, by the way, I'll say this to Michael and I'll say this to anybody else. If you have places that we should come here, cities we should visit, we're, we're, I mean, I wouldn't say we're taking requests, but we're interested. And if you have, you know, thoughts on how we would do, let's say that, let's say that our, our, our sort of mode of, of doing these things is, you know, a glorified happy hour where we have a, a microphone or two and we'll talk about the news of the day and take questions for, for a little while, but you know, we'd like to spend as much time uh, as we do uh, just, just talking to people. Um, send us any details, send us any ideas. Yeah. Uh, what about a mobile app? Are we, are there plans in the works? <laughs> Obviously people love uh, reading our content on new platforms as we've seen this week. So what about uh, taking it to the phone? Yeah, so um, I mean, look, we will have an app. We're going to have an app. Um, how quickly we'll do it? I mean, we want to make sure that the steps that we take and the decisions that we make about how we're presenting our information, we want to sort of nail the things that we're that we're doing first. So, what I don't want us to do is. Let's migrate from Substack. Let's build this huge comment thing. Let's do an app. Let's do, and it's just chaos. We don't want to do that. No. This sort of has to be methodical. We want to, we want to do this stuff right. We want to make this as good as it can be. But yeah, we definitely want to do an app. Um, you know, for for I think mostly because we think our our members would like to get our information that way and be an easy place to go and get everything. Um, but also like just the, the practical reality of we are right now a business that's overwhelmingly focused on email. Um, a lot of young people don't use email and don't use email the way that people my age use email. Um, so if we are a long-term email company, there's a point at which we're, that doesn't make sense for us. So we've got to find new and innovative ways to present our information. I can assure you, Clon Kitchen, that we're we're not necessarily going to be on TikTok, although we're we're missing a big audience if we don't if we don't get on TikTok. Um, but but we're we've had preliminary conversations with some people about building us an app. Um, we might be we we we, uh, we might be in a position to have something not unlike the arrangement we had with Substack, where um, we could be part of an experiment to build us an app. Um, and that would be cool. That'd be great. We'd love to do it. I'm excited about the app. There's a, a, a permit me like a 30 second story. When we first had these conversations, one of the things Jonah was hottest on was, was doing an app. And he would be the first to admit, I am the first to admit as it relates to, to my knowledge, we were really, we didn't know much, right? We're new to this. We're editorial guys. We don't really know what we're talking about. But having that you were made, code it yourselves? made sense. I mean, I probably could code it, you know, because I'm the yeah. CTO as well. But um, Jonah would say this to to people, um, you know, in our meetings, and 
we would get the same reaction every time. Like, oh, you guys don't know anything. That's so <laughs> naive to suggest that you would have an app. And we even got that in some of our early conversations with, with our friends at Substack. And <laughs> Jonah, Jonah loves the fact that Substack has an app oh, yeah. now and that people are, you know, people are, are building out their apps. Uh, that was his big push. And he was as wrong as he is about the blog thing. He was right about the app. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think we got through most of this stuff. There's a couple questions about swag merch. Um, that I mean, that, that is something that I agree with with the commenters. We got to have more more options there. I think sure. we will probably uh, in in short order. Um, Ryan's going to be in charge of that. Ryan, who's yeah. lurking here <laughs> and helping helping make this all work. Ryan, you're you're going to be in charge of that. Um, and and there are I just. Made more work for you, Ryan. But. No, there there are lots of things that I that I just want to be hands off about, and I don't need to have a a big saying. I'm just going to warn everybody right now. I'm going to probably lean in on the merch stuff. I would like to help decide make decisions on the merch thing, so that will not be a place where I'm I'm hands off because I'll I'll care about that. I've been scouting merch. There's a there's yeah. a company um, TJ Oshi, who's a, a hockey player for the Washington Capitals has his own uh, merch company that does TJ Oshi. It's called War Road, which is the town in Minnesota he's from. Hmm. And they just make incredibly high quality stuff. It's not cheap, um, but I have some of it. I bought some of it. <laughs> and we have scouted out the manufacturer of these particular sweatshirts that are you know, the kind of sweatshirts that you'll own for 20 years. Um, because we'd like them to make sweatshirts for the dispatch. So we're, we're looking, we're working, we're working on it. We need to do it. Good. All right. Well, we, uh, we survived an hour. We, people filled in with the, with the questions. You said you had some embarrassing ones for me that you never asked. So I, uh, I'm glad to make it out unscathed, but we can, uh, let people get on with their Tuesday nights. Thank you everybody for, for tuning in and, and joining us. And we'll probably and I can come a- back. I can come, we can do this again. <laughs> Deca, maybe we should make this a tradition, but I, I could come back. Yeah. I think that the most embarrassing question I would ask you is, and I won't, you don't have to answer this, but I would just ask you to, to lay out for people what your day, what, what is a typical day for Declan <laughs> look like? Uh, yeah, we can, we can talk about that at the four year anniversary. Hopefully it's, <laughs> hopefully it's a little different. Or the Chicago that, but... event. You can tell people True. at the Chicago event. I mean, if that doesn't get True. people flying in from around the country, to hear you True. describe your 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 daily find activities. out how little Declan sleeps. I'm a freak show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bearded lady. The uh, yeah, but uh, no. Well, thank you everybody for for tuning in and joining us. Uh, we will probably be back to some more regular programming next week. But uh, we hope you enjoyed the hour, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks all.